Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to the Mental Wellness Wake-Up Show, a weekly podcast where growth-minded, creative people come to learn best practices from both spirituality and psychology that create lasting well-being. I am your host, mental wellness expert, improvised acting teacher, therapist, and coach, Dawn McMillan. Let's get to it. Hey, you beautiful human. Thank you for being here. As we move into 2024, I am making a commitment to myself to honor my needs for harmony, balance, and alignment. And I want to invite you to do the same. What that means for our relationship here is I am releasing myself from the commitment to release the podcast every week. I will still release the podcast because it is a great joy for me to be here and share this time with you. And I am not sure how often that will be. That is me honoring my need for balance, integrity, and rest. So please subscribe on your platform of choice so that you will get the episodes in your feed whenever you are ready and it's there. So what can you do to honor your needs for harmony, balance, and alignment this year? Thanks again for being here. All right, back to business. What I want to talk about today is our beautiful, beautiful, but overly bossy brains. (laughs) This is a recurring theme. I love my brain. My brain got me through school because that's one thing that brains are really, really good at. Um, My brain has uh, occasionally exploded some relationships that otherwise might have worked out okay. So there's that too. There's a way in which our brains are meant to be limiters. And there are several ways to think about that. One is the very physical reality I'm looking at you, uh, scientific materialists, the physical reality that your senses, inner and outer, are taking in billions of bits of information constantly. Your internal sensors, your interoception and other internal monitors, they're paying attention to how fast your blood is moving, your inner temperature, your balance, um, whether or not you're hungry, constriction, expansion, constantly your brain is monitoring every cell in your body constantly. And then your senses are bringing in so, 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 so much, so much, right? You've got your this huge organ that is your skin, and that's bringing in constant bits of, of information. And then your other senses are operating constantly, And then you've got your uh, brain just constantly comparing all of that information to what it is expecting to be happening and then changing its predictions for what comes next based on the discrepancy on the delta. That's a lot going on. So it's impossible to attend to all of it. So your brain does not. It does not attend to everything. What your brain does is it filters based on prior information for what seems important. So even though information about every cell in your body is getting to the brain, it's prioritizing, oh, in my case right now, like I have a little knee pain. 
So my brain is prioritizing information from my knee over other types of information because the pain signal is saying, hey, 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 this is more important than other things right now. So I don't know, like I could have a, a scratch on my back that's minor, not noticing it. Why? Because there's priority information. Your eyes don't see most of what you think it sees. Your eyes are filling in your peripheral vision constantly. Your eyes fill in information when you blink. You are not perceiving the world as it is. You are mostly perceiving the world as you're expecting it to be. And then only in the case of major discrepancies that your brain has learned to think is important, it will adjust accordingly. But mostly it's just filtering out things according to its programming. So why is this important? <laughs> Many reasons, including but not limited to, as has been a theme on this show, because it's true and there are only so many ways to talk about mental health. Stop believing your brain. <laughs> not all the time. Not all the time. It's brilliant at the things it's brilliant at. But your brain is not reflecting reality to you as it actually actually is. Your brain is reflecting the world to you based on, filtered by, your prior experiences and expectations. There's a, a saying in science, right? If, you're, if you hear hoofbeats, think horse, not zebra, right? There's a stronger chance that if you're going to have to fill in data from an ambiguous source of information, go with the most likely, the most likely guess, you know, which is a pretty good way of getting through life, but sometimes it is zebra. <laughs> right if you if you were at a, a watering hole at the savannah i don't know you hear some puff beats could be giraffe what do you know but the point being that we are designed for efficiency and survival we're not designed for create our brains excuse me our brains are not designed for happiness joy or even accuracy your brain is designed to operate on the patterns it has already established and only updates its priors in the, in the uh, presence of extreme differences in new information. And even so, it will struggle against it. Okay. So, uh, sidebar, sort of. Uh, that's why biases are so hard to change sometimes. Because the, the evidence sometimes have to, has to be overwhelming or, or delivered with such high emotional content that your brain gets so good at filtering it out that you can believe something completely untrue for decades, even though there's plenty of evidence to the contrary, AKA see trauma, AKA see uh, conspiracy theories. I had to let go of one of my most precious conspiracy theories because I, I discovered evidence that it wasn't even remotely true. It was uh, the whole JFK conspiracy thing. I really liked that one. It was fun, but uh, alas, um, not true. Any who, your brain is a filtering mechanism. All right, uh, scientific uh, materialist, step aside for a second. My consciousness friends, your brain is also a limiter that keeps you from knowing that you are consciousness. Yeah. Okay. Back to why am I babbling on about limitations and expectations? You mostly see what you expect to see. And the only reason you will see something different 
is if you begin to train yourself to be more open to new information and or the new information is so inescapable that you cannot keep your priors. There is a book called The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker, A-C-H-O-R. I have some problems with this book because it's easily misused in our uh, toxic positivity culture. And yet it is a very well-researched, very good book. So Sean Aker is talking about something that he calls the Tetris effect. So in an experiment, um, people got played, played, (laughs) people got played or paid to play Tetris for several hours. After that time, um, people were so accustomed to seeing patterns falling from the sky that they kept seeing them long after they were done playing, playing Tetris because their brains were on that mode. He tells a hilarious story about playing Grand Theft Auto for hours and hours and hours and hours and learning the pattern. See vulnerable car, steal car, high speed chase, get money. So he'd been playing Grand Theft Auto over and over and over and over again. And then one morning he's walking along the street, sees car, starts to take car, realizes that uh, the most vulnerable car in his vision happened to have been a police car. There was a police officer sitting in the car. And he says it wasn't until he saw his reflection in the window that he snapped out of following this pattern that he had been rehearsing. What patterns are you rehearsing? There's so many people I know, personally and professionally, who if I were to sum up their point of view on life, it would be, what's wrong? That is the pattern they're rehearsing. What's wrong? And uh, as you know, our lovely, beautiful brains love to answer questions. So if you're moving through space with what's wrong, you're going to find, you're going to find it. And bearer of bad news here, if you don't find it, you'll make it. Our brains, and I'm talking about the left brain very, very specifically. We've, like I said this before, we are a very left brain dominated culture. The left brain is a tyrant, absolute tyrant, and it makes stuff up. It makes meaning out of everything. When we talk about cognitive dissonance, where um, there was a, a study where they hypnotized people or right brain people, I can't remember the specific study, into taking an umbrella. And then they asked them, why did you do that? And the left brain made up all kinds of reasons. Oh, well, you know, the sun is going to come out later, or I, th- I thought it might rain or blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. The left brain made up reasons when the fact was that there was an entirely different reason that had nothing to do with the left brain that had these people carrying umbrellas. Okay, so you got it. Brain is bossy. Brain sees patterns. Brain operates according to patterns. You see what you expect to see, you experience what you expect to experience. And the only thing that makes that different is significant information. (sighs) That's how trauma works. You see what you expect to see? Um, The the, um, Gorn land on your spaceship. It's so overwhelming to your senses that it completely revises all your priors. Unfortunately for most of us, we then get stuck on that pattern of expecting the Gorn to attack our spaceship and steal everyone and eat everyone. Star Trek reference. Okay. What are we going to do about this? 
Guys, you guys, you guys, it's gratitude. I know you're like, this guy again. Yeah, this guy again. If you begin to focus your attention on what's going well, what do I like? What is good? You'll begin to notice more of it. So one of the things I do like about this, the happiness advantage um, by Sean Aker, so he talks about not overdoing it and rose tinted glasses still allow you to see, but it preferences seeing what's going right. Preference what's going right. And if something is really disastrously in need of correction, you're still available to notice it. But rather than wandering through life with the unspoken question of what's wrong, we begin to notice what's good and it modifies our stance to what is. That's really where we're going. We don't want to overcorrect and, you know, if, if you've got, you know, um, blood gushing out of your forehead, you know, may, maybe, maybe see a medical professional. We're not trying to ignore what's happening around us. We're not trying to focus on any one thing to the exclusion of what's available. We're wanting to balance our perceptions to notice patterns that are more beneficial to us overall. Your brain is filtering out for what it expects to see. If all you're expecting to see is what's wrong, there's all kinds of things occurring in your space all the time that is lovely and wonderful. So the gratitude practice is asking you to begin to notice. So if every night before you go to bed, you have to write a little bit in your journal about something that was wonderful, you will begin to train your brain to keep an eye out for what is wonderful, what's delightful, what's amazing. So this is my invitation to you and my family. We have an evening routine. In my family, we have an evening routine uh, and it's glad. I believe I've shared this with you before this point the podcasts are beginning to blur because i have so many yay also yay thank you for sharing them thank you for sharing these podcasts thank you for sharing these podcasts i'm getting feedback that um that it's really quite helpful to many of you even when it's a review you tell me that oh yeah 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 it's it's good to be affirmed and when it's new information it plants little seeds that are helping you on your own healing journey and your path of growth so yay thank you for sharing the podcast and i have completely lost my train of thought glad the glad process so at, usually um during or after dinner we'll say for what are you grateful what are you grateful for and we'll take turns looking for something that has occurred recently for which we are grateful. Then there's L. Um, L can go a couple of ways. You can do either or both. What have you learned recently? Or what are you looking forward to? You have to be really careful with some people with what are you looking forward to? Because um, until you've done this practice for a while, there are going to be people who are so caught up in um, 
in in circumstances that they don't enjoy like what are you looking forward to it's gonna be like nothing i have nothing to look forward to one of the reasons i prefer learned is that if you know someone's going to ask you what have you learned recently your little brain is going to be scouting for new information and that's fun so what are you grateful for what have you learned a is what have you achieved or accomplished my fellow americans <laughs> do not beat yourself up with this one do not hear me now believe me now and later do not beat yourself up with this one what have you achieved or accomplished can be um i got out of bed today and brushed my teeth even though i was wildly depressed what did you accomplish today oh i did the most impressive parallel parking job i have done since i took my driver's test what have you accomplished today oh i um walked in a straight line proving that my physical therapy is working better and better. What have you accomplished does not mean um, I negotiated peace for two war-torn nations or I completed a project. Okay, almost end of lecture. What are you grateful for? What have you learned recently? What have you accomplished? And my favorite, what has delighted you recently? Delight, D-E-L-I-G-H-T for my, my beloved, uh, English as a second language, folks, and uh, those of you who notice that I can mumble sometimes. What has delighted you recently? Delight. What has lit you up? Delight. What has brought you light? What has made your little face do a smile? What has tickled your fancy? And here, oh, if you ask yourself every day, what has delighted me recently? Give me three weeks and I tell you, your brain will have changed. Give me 90 days and you will be a different person because delight lives in the realm of joy and fun and, and playfulness and all of those beautiful feelings that adults don't let themselves have anymore. What has delighted you recently? I happened to have critters that live with me of the non-human kind. They're ridiculous. And one of the reasons I believe pets are so helpful is the answer to what has delighted you recently can very often be something that your silly little pet did. Non-pet owners, non-pet people sometimes get annoyed with pet people because they'll be like, your dog's just doing ordinary dog things. It's not that cute. <laughs> your cat's just doing cat things. It's not that cute. Your snake is just doing snake things. It's not that cute. So you want to begin to train your brain to notice other patterns because you're missing stuff. You are missing stuff. You are seeing what you expect to see. You are experiencing the world through the filter of your expectations. Meditation works so beautifully to change that as well, because you begin to experience the world more in the present moment. You become more available to noticing what is there with fewer expectations about what you're expecting to see. All right. I think that nail is hammered in. So the invitation is, if you're going to act out patterns in your life, if you are going to look and experience the world through filters, choose the filters that serve you. What are you grateful for? What have you learned? 
What have you achieved or accomplished? What is delighting you? And you, beautiful human, are a delight yourself because you are whole, perfect, and complete just the way you are. And you are worthy and deserving of having a big old smile on your face every single day. Until next time.